Today's Dynamite Noob Spiro podcast is brought to you by spearfishing.com.au. That's right, the fine folks over at Adreno have been supporting the Noob Spiro podcast since about episode 18. And they help pay the bills around here. Just want to encourage you to check out spearfishing.com.au and use the code NoobSpiro. You can save 20 bucks on every purchase over 200. But it's just a great online shopping experience. The reviews are phenomenal. If you want to check out a new spear gun, new pair of booties, new pair of gloves, someone's used them before, they've written a review, it's on their website, it's all there right for, there for you. Head along to spearfishing.com.au and thank you for shopping with it. Today's major sponsor, Adreno. G'day guys, welcome to episode 100, joined by Shrek and, and Turbo. What a what an absolute pleasure. Back for episode 100, I know you guys have missed me dearly. The emails have been just coming in, oh, when are you going to come back? Come on back. To be true, actually, it's been crickets. Haven't got Bullshit. one of you, not one person. Not one. No, we missed you. I've, I've had emails. No, I've seen messages. I went down to Adreno the other day, and I and I had some books for the store, and I, and and I said, "Oh, g'day, I'm Turbo from Noob Spiro," and they said, "Who?" <laughs> it was fucking. I said, "I've literally." It was actually Matty Luthway. I said, "I've literally spoken to you on several occasions, face to face," and then he asked me to leave. <laughs> it was pretty upsetting, actually. No, that didn't happen. Anyway, all right. Um, well, today we're going to get into a whole bunch of questions from listeners just like you. We've also got a mad section there from Yarpva Bus, who's a former guest. Um, he's written several articles about cardio, lactate, and just some fun physiological facts and how to train the stuff out of your system. Very relevant, very interesting, very scientific. Is the lactating? Um, I'm still lactating. You're still lactating. We're using one microphone, and I spoke, so he put it to his mouth, and then when he spoke, he put it into my mouth. So we're actually going back to probably the first eight episodes when we only had a single mic, so it's, it's primitive. It's extremely primitive. Um, the setup is not even on a Mac anymore. It's on a Windows thing. But anyway, um, so we're, we're going to get into that with Yarp. Uh, it's going to be cool, as usual, highly actionable information. Plenty of information from uh, questions from listeners, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hooking into them. Before we get to that, Turbo, mm -hmm. can we can Come we on. can we do some shout outs? Yeah, let's do some shout outs. All right, you're making me extremely awkward. I'm not <laughs> used to video. Put the camera on him when he's frozen. I'm done for the day. That's me. Um, Okay, so let's hook in. Go, go, quick shout out. Shout outs. Uh, big comp coming up, North Florida shootout from May the 1st to May the 5th. Uh, check it out at northflshootout.com. I'm just trying to find the website. There it is. North northflshootout.com. Find out heaps more information there. It's uh, from May the 1st to May the 5th. You can even win a copy of 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing. Really awesome sponsors. Oh, you've got no idea. Um, right, our noobspiro.com forward slash spearfishing club connections is going off. Got a whole lot more fresh clubs that have just um, registered. Check it out. Uh, if your club's not on there, I'd love to hear from you. So go to noobspiro.com. If you click up in the About menu, you'll see Spearfishing Club Connections. Uh, Florida, Agua Verdes from Louisiana uh, to the Florida Panhandle. These guys have got 42 members. It's an awesome club, great culture there. Uh, I'd encourage you to check that out. Also, the South Florida Freedive 
Freedivers based out of Miami. They've got more than 80 people there. They meet up regularly. Check out the details there on our website. And that's, that's oh, I don't know, one more. I had the North, North County Depth Finders, Oceanside, California. They've got 60 to 80 uh, active members and also a really cool club that's pretty young, only established in 2013, but they've got a good thing going there as well. Mm-hmm. No Spiro, Spearfishing Club Connections. Turbo, more shout-outs. Uh, I believe you've got something to talk about. There's a couple of reviews there, I think. Oh, we've got, we've got reviews. Oh, have a look at this. So this one's from So. It's another five-star review. Here we go. I can't thank Shrek and Turbo enough for their commitment to all things spearfishing. I'm a beginner, but I feel like I have improved just by listening. I don't know any Spearo, so it's been really comforting to hear interviews going through the same beginner problems and rookie mistakes that I did. Also love their overall attitude that spearfishing is a lifestyle rather than a competitive sport. Uh, Their message really resonates with me. Keep it up, y'all. Lovely. Uh, I've not been spearfishing lo- oh, sorry this is great yarns and actionable information I feel there's a bit of me and a bit of you in that because you love a bit of actionable information you love great yarns yeah I know and you love you've just put down a bag of pitted dates I think someone's trying to stay regular so I've not been spearfishing long but after finding the new Spiro and listening every day on my way to work it's a long drive and I'm working my way through the older episodes. They're gold. I've been able to put a lot of the tips Shrek and Turbo's guests talk about into action and have made some good progress in my spearfishing already. Love listening to all the stories everyone has to tell. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. I love a good review. What about you? I love a good yarn and actionable information. <laughs> That's what I love. Um, down here, YouTube. Oh. Should I do this one? Mm. Yep. Subscribe to Noob Spiro on the YouTube. I'd love to hit <laughs> 1,000 subscribers. <laughs> Jump on a video and comment what videos you think would be cool for us to make. Talking about YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Tell them about our plans for um, buying GoPros. Uh, yeah, there's enough in the Noob Spiro coffers uh, to buy a couple of GoPros, and we're going to go and start doing some uh, gear tutorial stuff and some just some beginner basics to run everyone through because uh, we feel like we've sort of uh, glossed over all that starter sort of stuff. We've sort of missed it uh, with a lot of these episodes, and we're getting a lot of new guys that want to know that stuff. So we've got a beautiful uh, little studio set up in my garage, some nice uh, whiteboards and things like that. Oh, it's just going to be off the hook. Mm. Fresh. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about filming a bit more video stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, thanks to the guys again that got on our Kickstarter because um, definitely give us a boost and, um, you know, all the copies of 99 tips that have gone out the doors of No Spirit. It's been absolutely fantastic. Just wanted to announce the 28-day freediving transformation with immersion freediving our good buddy ted hardy over there at immersion has developed a course to help you improve your freediving performance there's a couple of questions coming in the in the show today from listeners and we'll we might mention this again but um if you go to noobspiro.com forward slash ted you'll see a full list of training programs available for noobers and you get a discount code Noob Spiro, and you'll save some money. But um, if you're serious about increasing your bottom time, lowering your comfortable operating depth, and wanting to feel a little bit more comfortable at depth, then the 28-day freediving transformation is perfect for that. And uh, you get yourself a free copy of 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing when you get onto it. So check that out, noobspiro.com forward slash TED. And uh, 
lifetime access to this this 28-day training program. So if you've got like a big charter trip coming, your fitness has been a bit flogged out, um, this is something that will get you in tip-top shape again. every 28 days, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, you you could definitely deal with a couple of back-to-back ones, I think, maybe a 56-day transformation. Did you like what I did there with maths? It was yeah, pretty fast. Yeah, it was. It was pretty sharp. Uh, Oh, it's written in your book there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nathan Fenn um, says, Hi, Shrek. I've listened to a number of your pods now and I'm hooked. I'm only new to the sport and no authority on anything, but believe this is a shareworthy point. He says, I've read and watched a lot of equalizing um, videos on YouTube in an attempt to learn how to frenzel. He says, I've found this method is uh, not very well explained in many articles or videos. And he sent me a video that he thinks is really good. The video is by a guy named... Aharon Solomons. It's a free video on YouTube available to help you learn how to frenzel. But over and above that, I would even recommend that you go to noobspirit.com forward slash TED and check out his Roadmap to Frenzel course. This is guaranteed to get you frenzling. Did you like, can you do that? I can turn that into a guarantee, can't I? You can what? Frenzling. Did you guarantee something? Yeah, you can. Did you make a guarantee? TED guarantees it. That, that you will be able to frenzel after doing this. We don't need another lawsuit. <laughs> well, that's true. Did, can you um, but, uh, yeah, so check that out. Go to noobspero.com forward slash TED and you'll get the roadmap to frenzel course. But I'll also link up this free video. Um, so thanks to Nathan for that resource for people wanting to learn how to frenzel. Because if you're stuck in that Val Salva zone and you can't get beyond 30 feet, it absolutely sucks. And you need to learn how to frenzel to free dive effectively. So awesome, mate. Great point. Ah, uh, hmm. Ah, oh, our buddy Kyle Aimer. He's a fantastic fellow. He's got uh, the offshore division, uh, awesome YouTube channel with some awesome footage out of like southern Queensland. He says, "Hi, mate. I was wondering if you thought of mentioning a fishing or spearfishing comp coming up on the sunny coast later this year. It's called the Sunshine Coast Fishing and Sustainability Competition for Sparrows and Fishermen." So their page has quite a um, good following on it, but just check that out. Just Google uh, Sunshine Coast Fishing and Sustainability Competition for Spiros and Fishermen. If it comes recommended from Kyle, I'm sure it's a good initiative because he's a he's a top he's a top bloke. Very enthusiastic. All right, Turbo. So um, you've been missing. You've been out of action for a good few episodes. Tell us about what you've been working on. Oh, I bought a rot box of a house that's kept me busy 24 hours a day. That's just, um, but it's, it's been wonderful. Um, but no, no, seriously, yeah, yeah, I bought an old rot box of a house and I've just been renovating and working and been absolutely flat out. But um, I have been working on a another little book that uh, we sort of felt that needed to happen because 99 Tips didn't address the problems of all the very, very fresh, the greenhorns. The guys that uh, go into the shop and they buy their first gun or spear gun or whatever and they've got all those questions. So been working in the background on that and that is written and ready to go. So now we're up to taking the photographs and doing the illustrations. So hopefully that should be out pretty soon mm. and uh, and hopefully that helps somebody out out there that's starting spearfishing. While, you, while you're away, I launched Patreon and Patreon's actually doing bloody well. We've got um, eight patrons and we're starting to make some money out of the podcast. So if you are serious about supporting the Noob Spiro, you've been listening for a while, I'd love it if you go to Patreon forward slash Noob Spiro and you can jump on. There's three different supporter levels there. But I just thought this episode, maybe we would tell you a little bit about how we want to spend the money. And um, Turbo, uh, what do you think? How do you want to spend the, the Patreon money? 
yeah, so I need to paint my house. <laughs> um, and I want Shrek to do it. So, yeah, that's how we No, that's not what we're going to do. So, yeah, basically, yeah, we want to put that little that money aside and uh, start doing a few trips around spearfishing. Maybe go and visit a few of these places and people that we've had on the show and uh, get in the water with guys out there and or guys and girls out there and uh, shoot some fish. Yeah. Yeah, we, we get offers from, like, guests all the time. Come and stay with us and go spearfishing and, you know, trying to get the finance together and the time off work and all the rest of it's really tough and so you know all the money that goes into patreon we're going to set all of it aside just for trips and we're going to do live interviews in different clubs and shops and all around the place and slowly start to get out and visit some of our listeners and hopefully go spearing with you so if you are a patron thank you very much you are putting money towards yeah. our next big spearfishing trip. Yeah, if just have a think about it. If uh, Noob Spiro has saved your life just once, <laughs> consider being a, uh, a Noob Spiro Patreon. Uh, that'd be awesome. Or maybe you've learnt just that one tip and shot one fish. I reckon get on board. So August, we're going to do our first trip. We've got 130 US dollars in Patreon at the moment. So what, what, well, I haven't discussed this with you at all, um, so I'm just chucking it out there right now. But I'm thinking Melbourne. Melbourne. So yeah, right. Yeah, no, I like that. Actually, it's, it's been on my my list. Mm. So who, who are we going to dive with in Melbourne? So we've got Sven and Eckhart, uh, two of the boys down there. We can go and hang out with the club spearfish lads, and uh, maybe do a live interview at a club night. Uh, I haven't discussed that with them at all. Um, <laughs> they might not want it at all, yeah. Uh, we could stop in and hang out with the Adreno guys down there and definitely get out for a couple of um, days diving in the bay. What's the Port Phillip Bay down there? Mm. And get out and maybe get some scallops and some crays. Yeah, and Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so... So that's a tentative pencil in for August uh, down to Melbourne, but that's where your Patreon money is going. So if you want to check that out, patreon.com forward slash Noob Spiro. And uh, we want to try and do two or three trips a year. And so that, that's that's where pa your Patreon is going. Right, we've got. let's get into some questions. We've been mucking around far too much. Uh, random community questions. Yeah. This bloke says, I've recently made the move from North Queensland to Southern Queensland, and I've noticed a lot of the diving is deeper. How do I make my way from a 10 to 12 meter diver, which is 30 to 40 feet, to hitting 18 to 20 meters, which is yeah, 60 to 70 foot sort of diving? A couple of great resources for you. Type in a Google dry training for spearfishing, Noob Spear, and there's a guide there. It's got seven different exercises you can do to train in the dry that will definitely uh, boost your, your um, CO2 tolerance and O2 tolerance. And uh, there's a whole lot of resources in there like tools, apps for breath hold, for improving your breath hold. And there's books, there's courses, there's a whole lot of stuff. So just type in dry training for spearfishing, no spear out will come right up. Yeah. Also mentioned at the start was Ted's 28-day freediving transformation. Highly recommend this resource. It's fresh off the, fresh off the boat. Um, go to noobspirit.com forward slash Ted and you'll get access to that. Use the code noobspirit to save a bit of dough. And um, a, program, uh, a group I'm involved with here in Brisbane is the Bull Sharks. Um, we train out of uh, Somerville House in South Brisbane. It's absolutely excellent. Great bunch of guys. You meet a whole bunch of um, other Spiros and it's great to extend your network and have a good laugh. Training in the pool a couple of the nights a week. And I have... Um, you know, when I got back from China, my breath hold was terrible. I went out for a day's boat diving. I was flat out diving 14 metres and not even spending any time there. And now I'm back, back, you know, diving really comfortably again at, at depth and absolutely loving. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of my advice to diving a bit deeper. Turbo, anything to add? Oh, to, be to be absolutely honest, I think just 
you'll get down here, it'll be a bit deeper, you'll just adapt, you'll dive more, just make sure you buddy up and go through those proper protocols so you're safe, but um, it just comes with time. Mm. Really, like, at the end of the day, like, you will... I mean, it's great to train and there's no doubt the training works. It doesn't just help, it works. But uh, if you're diving enough at depth, it'll come slowly by slowly. Mm. Yeah. And um, I think, too, when you start to approach those new depths, don't don't just hover above the bottom because you think it's just too deep. If it's that extra two metres, just push down and actually get on the bottom because that, that'll do wonders for relaxing and getting your confidence up. Um how can I get out spearfishing more? Super common question. Turbo, um, you, you're in a tough spot with a rock box and yeah. doing a course online and, you know, like a really full-on marriage and children on the way and, and a big job, uh, plus all the hefty labours of no Spiro. How do you get out spearfishing more? Uh, well, you just go to uh, – there's a, a great uh, article written by Shrek. Um, it's an absolute beauty. And I think it's uh, – what is it? Uh, six tips to go spearfishing. If you just Google that, it'll pop up. Uh, it's a great uh, picture of a leisure boat completely unrelated from stock footage <laughs> with that written over the top of it. So uh, get and check that out. I wrote, I put my two cents in and I just wrote basically about chucking the perfect sickie because sometimes you just got to do what you've got to do, don't you? And the problem is you, if you worry about the weather, you'll never go spearfishing. But the problem is it just seems to get to the weekend and the weather jacks up and you've got swell running and wind. And you just you miss another weekend. You're out in the water for two weeks. Happens again. You're out. You know, there's three weeks. Month doesn't take long for there's a month gone. You know, we've all got work commitments and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, be, be liberal with the sickies. I hate to say it, but it helps. So six tips to go spearfishing more at noobspear.com. Um, Turbo's Guide to Chucking a Sickie is comprehensive. You can tell that this is an absolute master of his craft. Like uh, laying the credibility crumbs. I loved this line. Like a couple of days in advance of your sickie because you've eyed up the weather, you're already letting them know that there's something coming on. And oh, that Jeez, my back's playing up. Oh, <laughs> It's always doing it. It's cold. It's the it's the winter weather coming in. The back's just shot at the moment. Yeah. Next minute, day off work. No, I'm just joking. So that's the Monday, and then by the time Wednesday rolls around, you know your workmates are half expecting it, and <laughs> and the boss asks, "Oh, what's happened to bloody Levi?" And and you've already, you know, they your workmates, have, oh, he's been complaining about his back all week, boss. <laughs> and you're, you're set. So, But there's more tips in there. Levi's definitely one area of his expertise. Okay, um, how do I find someone experienced to take me out and show me the ropes? Now, also another common thread. And it's, and it's this one's a tough one, I reckon. Because, like, the guys that are really good, um, they don't really like... You know, you, you, your days out spearfishing are few and far between, and then you've you've got a day to go out spearfishing, and oh no, I've got to take out you know a new guy. You know, there's definitely uh, obligate. You know, like it's it's not all beer and skittles, I guess. Taking out t taking out new guys. Um, Turbo, how did you sort of hook up with some more experienced divers? Yeah, I did a um, a pre bull sharks Wayne Judge uh, spear Spiro's training group course well, i guess you'd call it yeah then miss mac guys went from there actually the whole crew comes from there mm. so um you know that was really helpful clubs if they're in your area guns go along go along to a club meet that's pretty handy 
get on Facebook groups. It's pretty basic. Just hunt people out. I'll take you out. Speaking of clubs, I just want to give a shout-out while we're going to uh, the uh, Coffs Spiro Club. Um, down there, Coffs Harbour doing good things. Uh, I've just got prompted by Tommy Dawes on uh, <laughs> instead of giving him a shout-out. So, g'day to those guys, and we, uh, we've got plans to go down and see you guys at some point as well and go for a dive. Yeah, awesome. If you do write a cold pitch in a Facebook group, it can be kind of awkward. So just try and be funny and and be give give people like a kind of a, a an abridged version of your ability and your experience so far, um, and whether you've got a boat license or not and things like that because uh, that's that's important. You put your plenty of fish profile up, didn't you? <laughs> and it went off. Mate, plenty of fish died in the nineties, bro. You got to get with it. It's, it's all... so I'm not, I haven't been a player for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to get with it, man. There's new apps. A um, bit of a shout out to uh, Lockie G on Instagram, Alec Rawson, and Aiden Williamson. We got a few questions coming in from those guys later on that we'll uh, answer. They had to ask us about pole spears, which we're just kind of not that interested in, <laughs> but we'll do our best anyway. Right, well, what are we, where are we off to now? Uh, I've got a recording here from Alex. Sorry, just got a, a, a voice message here from Alex with a quick question. Let's hear what he had to ask. Hey guys, Alex from Perth here. I've had my spear gun for about a year now and it started sinking in the water. It's not buoyant anymore. I was just wondering if you had any actionable information that could help me fix this problem. Cheers. Oh, that's a that's a good question. Shrek's had a bit of a sinking feeling as he's aged and uh, there's plenty of ways around it. But <laughs> uh, I'd say if it's a timber gun, it's probably taken on it's probably taken on water. Uh, it's probably probably uh, soaking up water and might, may need to be refinished. And if it's an if it's an alley gun, a pipe gun, or um, perhaps it's uh, it's leaking in through the the bungs in or the plugs in the barrel itself. I don't know if you put a reel on it or anything like that, but um, yeah, if, if there's any, if it's not watertight, it'll take on water and the gun will get quite heavy. So um, either that or maybe you've changed spears. You might you might have put a heavier stainless spear on there that can also affect the buoyancy of the gun. That's probably everything I can sort of think of. Okay, so if it's an alley or carbon gun, um, and it could be the bungs, like you said, what's the process there for kind of troubleshooting that? Well, what I've seen is you either you, you, you take the barrel off or the muzzle and uh, you can either pull one of those bungs out or if there's room in there, what I've seen uh, a couple of mates of mine do do is get uh, a good slab of marine sickerflex. Well, first you've got to get the water out, obviously, and then uh, get the marine sickerflex in there and just make a massive bung out of it. And uh, I don't know why they don't do that from you. I'm not sure. There must be a reason. But um, f- from our experience with guns, and we've had them down the so probably maybe in the 20-metre zone, and that Sikaflex has held out fine because we- we've had it before, yeah. I'd also like to point you to back to Daniel Mann's um, episode. He His mate, Tim McDonald, um, waterlogged his big rife Euro, and Daniel pulled it apart and uh, refinished it. And I think... Daniel's pretty good with guns in general, um, so check him out on YouTube as well, the Daniel Mann YouTube channel. It's very popular, very good. He's a really good guy for showing you stuff. And um, there's another page that he's a part of and we're a part of called, um, I think it's the Spear Gun Making Club on Facebook. I'll link it up in the show notes. But there's a whole bunch of guys that just geek out on guns and that in there. And um, if our explanation hasn't helped enough today, then I'd encourage you to go there and uh, maybe put a photo up of your gun and what you've sort of done so far to troubleshoot your issue, and uh, you'll definitely find a whole host of help on there because those guys love just geeking out on guns. Um, yeah. 
Cool. So thanks for your question, Alex. Cool. All right. What do we got next? Shrek. What's our next question? Yeah. All right. So I was was talking about these guys on Instagram before that wanted to uh, shoot a heap of questions uh, on hand spears and i love that terminology hand spear uh not pole spear anyway so all right now one of the questions uh was well i had a lot of questions about hand spears and uh they wanted to know uh, what are the best hand spears is it worth getting a different type of hand spear tip i'll answer that second one right now if you're starting and you're a beginner um i'd stay away from slip tips or anything that complicates the matter because it just drive you crazy um as for tips yeah why not i mean you've, you've got prangers and now you've got just your uh flopper style tips and they both work uh but the truth is we don't do a lot of hand spearing we took it up um you did i, I, I took it up um to be fair when i first started spearfishing i had a hand spear and i loved the thing and i didn't shoot a lot of fish with it but i shot a few and then i took it up later in life after years of having um whiz bang spear guns and i didn't enjoy it at all really i don't go spearfishing enough to get around it so uh i didn't i didn't really like it but there is a there's a competitive podcast out there <laughs> but i hate to say it, he's done an absolutely bang up job he's done a great job see he's he hasn't done many episodes, but uh, he's killing it. Now, he's from the UK, and it's called... Uh, uh, America. Oh, he's the US, is he? Yeah, yeah. So he's called Cast and Spear Podcast, uh, and he has done episodes 28 to 31 uh, with the guys from Gatku, um, and it's all about like pole spears, to be fair, over there. So it's all about pole spears, hand spears. If there's anything that you need to know about these things, tune into that. Mm. It's good stuff. Mm. I'm kind of with you with pole spears, like... If you only get out spearfishing twice a month, then it's it's easy not to want to handicap yourself with a with a pole spear, which is inferior to a spear gun in terms of range and stuff like that. But I think there's definitely a, a cool sense to using one, and I, I want to get one again. But um, it's kind of on the list. Yeah, no, definitely, I get right on it. Um, so the 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 other question was, you know, what's the uh, this is a great question. What's the uh, biggest fish you think you could shoot on a hand spear? Well. Go, and I like doing this because it's uh, pretty interesting. Go over to iusarecords.com and then click on Pulse Beer uh, Records and there's a massive list of all the uh, the current Pulse Beer Records and it'll just, it'll absolutely blow your mind. You, you know, there's a Goliath Groper on there, 364.7 kilos. Massive, uh, Peter Coriel, striped marlin, forty point two kilos on a on a hand spear. That's pretty impressive. Um, Luke Malice, Kubera snapper, fifty nine kilos. So, like, it can be done, and guys are doing it. And I think like a lot of these a lot of these blokes, they end up moving from spear guns when it all just seems to come a bit uh, pedestrian, and they want a challenge. So they um, yeah they move on a pole spear. So yeah, I mean, there's some big fish to be shot on a pole spear. Hey Noobers, it's uh, Jeremy here from Spearing Magazine with an uh, with an update for you guys. Shrek and Turbo have been doing such a great job with uh, telling guys about Spearing Magazine that we've actually sold out of most of our back issues and catalogs. But uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, we have an international subscription available just for you guys. Yeah, from Spearing Magazine. I'm Jeremy Gamble. Thank you, guys. Go to SpearingMagazine.com. Check out the uh, international subscription. Aw, yeah.
Guys, head on over to penetratorfins.com. They are proud sponsors of today's new Spiro podcast. We're happy to announce a code you can use to save yourself $20 on any blade purchase. That's right, save $20, pump in the code new Spiro, check out penetratorfins.com, save yourself some dough on some fins and get yourself some of the best fins going with full international warranty. Larry's the man. Thanks, Penetrator. So we're just calling Reese Clay. I'm going to put an accent. Hello, Reese speaking. Hello, Reese. It's uh, Stephen here from the Noob, Noob Spiro podcast. Oh, hey, how you going? <laughs> hey, Reese. How are you, mate? It's Trick. Hey, yeah. Hey, Shrek. Turbo's cool, here. Thanks for giving me a call. No worries. G'day, Reese. Turbo, here, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Mate, I'm, I'm back for good. episode 100. I'm back for you, actually. Pretty yeah, excited. awesome. You got you got the kids awesome. screaming away in the background, and we called it a good time. Yeah. If you need um, if you need to smack some bums, go for it. Otherwise, <laughs> <you're anywhere. laughs> no, I'll just um I'll shut the door. That's no, all good, mate. And uh, my wife will enter them. <laughs> you just uh, yeah, walked away from that nicely. Really yeah, good. Well done, uh, Reese. Uh, you've been listening to the show for a while. Um, yeah, pretty much as soon as I started this. How long ago was that, man? Well, I mean, I've sort of been doing it my whole life, on and off. I've got a pretty funny story about that, actually. Yeah, far um, Like I had a neighbour that had a pole spear, and um, we used to always take it out, and we'd go out without flippers and without a mask or anything like that and try and just see fish and shoot them and um i remember this one time we went out with this friend of mine and um we it was the first time we had a go of a proper spear gun and uh, we actually had masks and everything this and this was when i was like 15 or 16 and um we didn't we had no idea how to use it like basically we just asked my my neighbor's dad or oh, how do we use this and he he was just like oh just pull this rubber band back and then shoot the trigger and we were like okay and um, anyways, we had, we gave it to my friend, and he's he's a little bit he's a little bit gumby. And um, I know, I know, I got a friend like that. He mustn't have locked the the shaft in properly, and um, he pulled the band back and basically pulled it back to the first notch. And we were like swimming in front of him, and we just saw the shaft just fly past us. Oh and, uh, no! He must have just pulled it back into the into the notch, and it just just flung away straight away jeepers fuck that's close isn't it yeah so i was just i put it on ice for about a few years after that and then i'd always wanted to do it but i just i've always had this kind of love hate relationship with with the ocean sort of fished and surfed my whole life but i've had a lot of like i'd had quite a few near drowning incidents oh wow and so um yeah i i i surfed a lot but i think when you surf you know you only go underwater for like five ten seconds even like the worst wipeout might only be like 30 seconds. So I just thought oh, I could never do what those guys do. And I remember in, in my safe searches in Gumtree, I always had beer fishing gear in my safe searches. And it was one of those things where I was always like, I'm going to get around to doing it, going to get around to doing it. But this never really did. Yeah, I, li- right. I, like, uh, I like the um, quality parenting of your neighbour's father or whoever <laughs> owned the gun. It's just like, uh, here's a gun off you go. Look, it's uh, fraught with danger, to say the least. Hey, um, Reese. recently you shot a barra. Tell us about that, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, actually, I had some notes prepared, but I don't have them in front of me because it's, it's a pretty funny story, actually. So, my brother is sort of like the main person that I spearfish with. And um, 
we we sort of grown up fishing together, and like I've just got I didn't don't have the patience for line fishing, so I'd usually just you know kind of pester him when we'd go rod fishing together, and I'd always be like, oh, can you can you fix my bait or can you fix the hook and stuff like that? And but now it's kind of like the roles are reversed now that we're into spear fishing, and um, <clears throat> there's a spot pretty close to where I live, and it's considered a pretty rubbish spot. And I think the best fish that I've landed there has just been a trevally so far and I hadn't seen like other than bull sharks you don't really see much out there so it's it's a very dirty very dirty spot as well Mm. and um me and my brother are just obsessed with jewfish and um when we were rod fishing all we'd ever get was brim and maybe the odd mangrove jack so we're just obsessed with these bigger fish and um yeah, so we, we have a habit of sort of going in these just terrible spots and looking for jewfish. And sometimes it, it it's like, you know, maybe one in 20 times it pays off. But we're at this terrible spot. And um, I actually turned up a bit later than my brother, and he was already in the water. And when I got there, he just looked at me and he just said, oh, I've just shot a jewfish straight through the head and I've lost it. And he's like, there's a big one too. And I was like, oh, no, nah, he's just... Because it was low tide as well. That's the other thing. Low tide, you know, two meters veers. I was like, nah, he's he's pulling my leg. So, anyways, I I put my mask on and I I poked my head in the water and sure enough, pretty much as soon as I looked down, there was a jewfish at my feet. And um, oh, yeah, so yes, yeah, so I was pretty stoked. So we we did a few dives and it was just really murky and the current was really strong too. And basically, like, you'd, you'd be at the end of your dive and you'd be just about to give up and you'd just look look over and there'd be a big head just sort of sitting about a metre away from you. But we didn't manage to, to land any that day, but I actually saw them as well in the afternoon. Like, I basically saw them, they must have been chasing some bait fish and I mm. saw them move through the water chasing the bait fish. So we went back the next day and I wasn't even planning to dive because I was looking after my youngest daughter. She's... She's about two and a half, and so I was like, I'll, ju- I'll just go fishing with her, line fishing, and um, and my brother was going to go spear fishing. So and we're just it's at this spot where like you spear fish just meters from the shore. Okay. So um, I chucked some bait out, and and as I said before, I'm pretty crap at, at rod fishing, and I I threw my line out, and something just swallowed this bait like straight away and it was like a pretty big piece of bait like it was like the wing of a mangrove jack yeah and it just just in one gulp just swallowed it and just took the took the line and um i was like wow wow the jewfish are back and my brother sort of my brother was looking at me and he it was really murky and like it's 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 renowned for bull sharks this spot yeah and he was like oh I'm not feeling it, bro. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to have a quick look? Yeah. And uh, I didn't even have I didn't have my wetsuit on or anything. I had jean shorts on. I had my, you know, typical dad outfit, <laughs> just some some tacky jean shorts and some <laughs> some yeah, just a little, like a t-shirt. And so yeah. I said, oh yeah, okay, I'll just I'll just have a quick look. And and um, so I pretty much once again put my mask on, poked my head in the water, and I was like, wow. They saw another jewfish down at my feet. Jeepers. And I thought, all right, this time I'm going to really do it properly and do a longer dive and, and like not move very much and just drift with the current. And I um, I had my 75-centimetre gun with two two bands on it, which is pretty dumb in hindsight. But when you have murky water, it's quite handy. Yeah, that sounds and, good. Um, yeah, no, no issues yeah, with powering so, up a little gun like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so th- this is it, it, it sort of didn't work. 
I did a dive, anyways, uh, out of out of the corner shoots like a you know close to a one meter jewfish, perfect shot, like right right in the middle of it, and I shoot it, and the spear just bounced off it. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> so oh, I came up and I go to my brother, and this is this is where it started to get quite funny. I go to my brother, quick chuck me my chuck me my one twenty gun, and um. My brother's like trying to handle my two and a half year old daughter, and she's like climbing all up and down the rocks, and there's like oysters everywhere that she and he's. I can see he's like halfway between, you know, he's like, oh, do I look out for the kid or do I give him the gun? And <laughs> he went to pass me the gun, and and um, he left the kid. Uh, he actually chucked he, the gun. He, he bumped my daughter on the head with the gun, <laughs> like he basically like dropped it on her head. Oh no! <laughs> and um, yeah, so. Um, and then he's like trying, he's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, and so, yeah, he hands me the 120 gun. And I thought, oh, surely this, these fish would have pissed off. I did another dive and I came around the corner and, and there was about three or four of them again. And I just could see those yellow eyes and, and um, yeah, shot it. And then I started pulling it up and I looked over and I could see my daughter's like climbing in all around the rocks like a monkey. And my brother's like trying to tend to her. And I was just, I looked over at him and I was like, oh, I'm on, I'm on. And he, he couldn't even hear me. He was so distracted. And then I looked down and I thought, oh, damn it. This, this jewfish isn't even that big. Like, yeah, started pulling up and I was like, holy crap, that's a barramundi. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's crazy. How, 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 big did, how big did it go? Um, it was 85 centimetres, which Jeez. is not huge for a barramundi, but like. That's good. It's, pretty decent i guess especially for your first one yeah so where'd you say you were exactly Sun, sunny coast yeah hey we'll keep doing what you're doing and uh it's yeah. it's absolutely uh have a cool to have a chat with you reese and um and good to get a story or two off you mate so um we wish you well with your spare yeah thanks guys yeah and um I suppose if you put it on the show, it'll be pretty funny because my wife didn't actually know about the bumping my daughter in the head with the gun as well. <laughs> that explains the bandage. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens on the show. People uh, people frequently get found out. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, catch a race. See ya, mate. Righto, we've got a, another question here from regular listener Richard Metzger, who's actually based out of Houston, Texas, and it's 5 a.m. in the morning there, Turbo, so we can't give him a call. But um, he says, really love your show, amazing info, and always actionable and interesting. Jeepers, we've killed the hell out of that word, haven't we? Fucking destroyed it. I've absolutely just, oh, I don't even like want to use it. Maybe I shouldn't use it for a while. Anyway, you're listening to the most actionable spearfishing podcast on the planet. So thanks, Richard. Um, he says, in listening to your shows, a question always lingers with me. Is what do the spearos do for their professional careers to make money to support their spearing? Yeah. Funny he should ask, because I wrote an article for Adreno last well, a couple, couple of weeks ago. Spearfishing.com.au, it's in their blog. Um, six, it's, it's called Six Jobs Spearos Love. And this is just based purely on anecdotal evidence from interviewing more than 100 sparrows from around the world. Now, number one, mining. A lot of these guys are miners. They have these fly-in, fly-out type jobs, uh, oil and gas, this sort of work, and uh, or, 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 you know, mining coal. And um, obviously that's a good way to do it. If you if you work two weeks and you get a week off, it's a good way. And well, I've actually seen some even crazier stints, like... I've I've seen seven days on uh, I think it was one week on three weeks off, Ooh. and the guys were this the guys were they were going all through Southeast Asia and they were diving and 
Ah, it looked good. Looked really good. Anyway, continue on with this cracking. Um, that, you're right on edge, no uh, yeah, number two was shut down electrician or just electricians in general. Um, people's favourite, uh, Brody Moss. Love that, love that <laughs> it's from <laughs> The Simpsons, that? that one. That one's. Um, the, you know, the guy from uh, Young Bloods, Brody, he, he's a, a Sparky or ex Sparky. So is Daniel Mann, uh, definitely a popular. Uh, Brody, who's that? Brody Moss. Oh, the, oh, that dude. The dude yeah. that's on his jet ski or someone. Yeah, yeah, I that's I saw right. him getting a drain one night. One day he got in a drain and swimming down a drain and then he made a, his own bow and arrow and he was shooting fish with his own homemade bow and arrow. Yeah. He does stuff. some rad stuff. He's definitely popular uh, with people, that's for sure. Um, firemen. Now, this is a weird one, but you and me know at least five firemen that spearfish. Well, it's funny because Penetrator Finn's just joined the live chat and he's a dead set fireman. <laughs> and one, one time he was actually on one of those fireman calendars, you know, the ones with their shirts <laughs> off. <laughs> he's just sort of hanging off the pole. Uh, that was bloody hot stuff, eh? It uh, makes me real nervous to be in a boat with him these days yeah. knowing that that's what he sort of used to do. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and you, you do those overnight trips with him as well. Does he ever bring the calendar when you do the overnight trips? <laughs> I bring the calendar. It's the best thing about the trip. <laughs> uh, so that's Larry from Penetrator Fins. Uh, he's a he's good value. School teacher. Now, my old mate, old uh, Pat Swanson in New Zealand, he seems to just always be on leave because, you know, kids never go to school. They just always have holidays. So that could be a good number. The old school teacher, that's how they do it. Um, oh, they never at work. I work around school teachers. Nah, nah. Number five is a, a bit of a Levi, um, entrepreneur, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the old sicky. So you know whether it's um, doing something illegal um, or you know maybe being successful with e-commerce or something. I guess you could uh, do your own hours then. Well, just uh, just while we're there, um, penetrators just on the line. They're actually doing a black label edition fin, um, and it's going to have a print of Larry with his shirt off just in his lower <laughs> fireman half. So uh, if you want to get involved in that, uh, yeah, just uh, the code is Black Label Larry. So, uh, penetratorfins.com. Yeah, absolutely, penetratorfins.com. Black Label Larry. Beautiful. All right, wow. that's, that's, a, that's a very limited edition, it that is. one. Um, the last one was diving jobs, you know, like um, we've had guys like Dwayne Herbert on, uh, abalone diver. Um, at sea urchins, there's, these dive, diving jobs are there. Josh Humbert, they've got the Kamoka Pearls over there in Tahiti. There are these types of um, these diving jobs around. Um, Greg Pickering, the guy that we'd love to get on the show, he's mm. in South Australia, ab diver. Um, you know, he's been attacked by two great whites. But diving jobs, and then you're in the water all the time, and you've got your diving fitness here as well, so that makes sense. So there's a couple of answers there for you, Richard Metzger, but if anyone wants to check that out, it's at spearfishing.com.au, and the blog is Six Jobs Spiro's Love. Uh, I had a good laugh actually just writing it, thinking about it, because I was pondering career direction as myself at the time. Um, cool, cool. Uh, let's hook in. Uh, quick shout-out to Dan, who's in the process of uh, restoring the Pradonovich gun. Uh, Dan's a long-time listener and uh, former guest on the show, Dan Walsh. So he's got the Pradonovich tuna gun that he's been doing up, so that's pretty cool. We can't catch up with him because it's super early there in the morning as well. Um, let's hook into a couple more of your Instagram questions, Turbo. Uh, I think we went through them all. They're all pulse sphere questions, and we sort of covered that off. 
Okay, awesome. There was uh, three pages of poll sphere questions that we couldn't answer. So we just <laughs> to somebody else. To a, co- a competitor's podcast. Could answer those questions. Uh, That's pretty sad. Uh, Malcolm Galloway, I'm just going to try and give him a bell back. Hello? Hello, Mal. Hey, Isaac. Shrek and Turbo, you're on the line with Turbo as well. Uh, what are you up to, man? Have we got you at a good time? Well, I actually just got back in from Big Bay, like on the kayak, just getting in the phase of washing all the gear off and all that stuff, all that good stuff. Mate, awesome. So you're buggered from a long day out and then you're getting the annoying nasal tones of Shrek and Turbo over the phone. That's it. That's that's a horrible way to finish the day. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so um, you, you've been listening to the show for a while, Mal, and uh, thanks for listening, mate. It's great to connect with you and get on the line with you. Um, I know you've spent a lot of time sort of diving up and down Queensland, New South Wales, and then recently you spent a year in New Zealand. Um, I was just hoping you could tell us some, maybe some of the, the biggest takeaways you've had with uh, with your experiences. What have you learned and picked up along the way? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, probably just keeping it, uh, keeping everything simple. And, um, yeah, just spent the time over the last three years getting comfortable in the water. And then, yeah, everything else just kind of came after after that, you know. Mel, are you a, uh, are you a shore diver? Yeah, yeah. So predominantly, pretty much all shore diving until um, I got this kayak. I have a few friends with boats, but uh, we don't get out as much as we should, you know. But majority shore diving, yes. Mate, give us uh, give us some tips because I'm not I'm not a real strong swimmer. I'm a country boy. I grew up sort of six hours from the coast, so I, I don't really take to the water that well. What uh, which is pretty shit house for a spear, eh? <laughs> run, run us through some like the things that you've learnt for a guy. Uh, he, he's going to most of us start shore diving and shore diving can actually be like one of the hardest and most dangerous places to start but it's still good fun what are some uh, some good takeaways for that you've learned over the last few years from getting into shore diving yeah definitely i would say finding a good place to get in on the rocks and um jump in somewhere where where you're protected and safe versus uh, and then swim out maybe to the spot that you'd like to actually have a go at have a look around and um, yeah, I just like always bring all my gear in the in my 70 liter like hiking backpack too, and put the weight belt at the bottom and carry it all in. Carry plenty of water and maybe some electrolytes, all of that type of stuff, just to because sometimes it's a long way to get there, you know. And yeah. uh, stuff check to see if um, you have cell phone reception, all uh, things like that. Um, yeah, plenty of water for the for the hike in and out too, for sure. Have you had any equipment malfunctions with some of these longer shore diving missions? <laughs> I keep it very simple. I just have uh, the 90 centimeter Boucher um, spear gun that I started with and um, started on the pole spear before that. And um, I use that and a float line and very, very simple. No, no reel or anything. Um, it's probably a, almost Stone Age technology now with everything left out. <laughs> but um yeah, I just and I've I've I got a um, five mil witty top from um, the guys at Witties in Auckland. Um, ah, yep, yep. And it's still going strong two two years. So uh, yeah, the equipment like I just try to take good care of it. Like tonight, I'm tired, but I'm still gonna have to wash it. So yeah, <laughs> try to oh, take good care of everything. And that's a tough one. The old uh, washing your gear down after a ten hour stint out sparing cheap is that it's rough. I'm always next day. Or right now, in I've got a disused bathroom in my house, and there's still a oh. wetsuit sitting in there, just musting up in the corner. I just, 
I hate it the day after. I hate it that night. I can't do it. Probably my favourite one for that is just um, carrying your whole dive bag into the bathroom and just like putting it in the shower and you just hop in and just have a 15-minute shower and wash your gear down while you're in there. Bachelor life. You just yeah, get away with that life. shit. Yeah, I get away with it, yeah. Hello, Sid. Oh, that's what I'm about to do. So that is a great technique. That's my favourite technique <laughs> as well. And just wash everything onto the gear and it all kind of gets cleaned up. Yeah, speaking of bachelor life, this is the first time I've been over to Shrek's house and you can tell he lives alone. Fair dinker, mate. I went to use the bathroom and he's left me a surprise in there. It was rough. Real welcome. That's how you welcome your friends, Turbo. And that way they're not encouraged to come back. This place needs a woman. Like that. <laughs> oh, she's stuck. She can't come into the country. Um, so, uh, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I, I I know you mentioned in your in your message to me that um, you have some dramas with your ears. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you've kind of learned to get around some of your problems? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but as I was kind of going into before, I just was kind of self-taught um, a lot of this, so like the blind leading the blind for sure. And um, I mean, I've honestly like I've learned a lot about off you know your podcast and um, just um, all the experts and people you've interviewed has really helped um, my knowledge base kind of being self-taught, you know. And um, yeah, so my ears um, basically, I don't know. I think I'm just struggling, like maybe with using Frenzel probably half the way that it should be done, half the way improvised. And, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't usually push much steps here to, um, to steer anyways. So I, I'd say I'm pretty safe down to like 10, 15 meters and can equalize down to there. But anything below that, I just notice um, I get a big bit of a squeeze and then um, – I'll always have water in my ears um, after a big session down deep or like pushing depth. So then I come out and I try to just shake shake my head really aggressively both ways, like uh, not like in a harmful manner, but um, just in, to get any water out straight away when I get out of the water. And that's been working pretty well. But um, I think it can build up behind the, the wax and whatnot, and that's uh, a dangerous thing to run into because then, if it gets stuck behind the wax, I feel like it stays for a few days. Yeah, you, you bring back memories when I used to do continuous scuba diving, and uh, I think I was using Valsalva then. Um, I, I, I used to use those swimmer airdrops, and it's alcohol-based, and, uh, and that, yeah. would, that, would, that would dry out all of my wax, and then uh, it wouldn't even leave my air. And so I think I was getting problems with that as well. And I actually started mixing... Um, eucalyptus oil with olive oil and just putting drops of that in my ear because it's obviously moist but um you know uh you know antibacterial as well to give them a good clean have you tried anything like that oh that's great yeah that's that sounds right up my alley i like to experiment with like you know the holistic approach versus the you know stuff from the pharmacy um and yeah that sounds like that sounds like just a ticket what you need anyways for, yeah. when, for when you've got a bit of water back there oh great idea yeah, well, it's 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 uh, it's meant to be a moist zone in your ears. You know, you want to keep that wax like that so it runs out of your ears. Um, I was going to say, by the time you go and see a doctor, they prescribe um, some antibiotic eardrops, and those things, um, while they get the job done, they kind of clean out all the bacteria, so it's terrible. 
Oh, yeah, and, and you never want that, like, with your stomach, with your ears. You want, like, the good bacteria in there, and, uh, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. good to keep that balance. Yeah, so, but that's an interesting idea from you. Like you said, just um, as soon as you get out of the water, you try and do some rapid sort of clearing by, by knocking your head around. That's it. I'm just trying to get to know, like, my ears and what they respond to. And, um, yeah, that's. I think everybody's ears are different. And, um, like, yeah, I guess that's just, if, if, every, if anybody else listening has run into the problem, I guess, like, uh, uh, yeah, the more you just uh, understand what's going on with them, the more you can treat them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Having a look at the physiology of your ears is really interesting. Now, we're actually uh, we're on, we're doing our first Instagram live tonight <laughs> as well. It's absolute debacle because we've run out of headphones and we just realised that nobody can hear you. So I've actually put the phone in my set of headphones and uh, now people can hear you, but I've got to hold the phone and the headphones up in the air so we can both be seen. And we've got one microphone. And we've got one microphone, and it's yeah. just an absolute bar. But anyway, it's going well. Uh, everyone's loving the <laughs> chat about Moist Zone, apparently. <laughs> that is going off. Uh, so. <laughs> That's awesome. No, well, it sounds good, and it's good, good to hear you back, Trevor. Yeah. yeah, I'm back, but I'm off the tools. It's uh, it's actually pretty exciting. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Oh, well, the, the last of the, the latest episodes have been on point, guys, and, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, cheers, Malcolm. Hey, I was going to ask you just one last question before we duck off, but um, yeah. oh, thank, thanks for jumping on with us. Um, maybe maybe I'll give you two questions, but I know you've spent a lot of time diving in really poor visibility. Um, what are some of the things you've learned to kind of counteract that? I mean, there's obviously only so much you can do, but you've you've persevered in some of these really terrible conditions. Mm. How have you managed to still get some fish? What are your biggest kind of tricks? Oh, that's a great question again. Um, yes, yeah, so, so like on the South Island um, and New Zealand especially, um, some of the river mouths and stuff down there just let out a lot of um, pretty gnarly water and fresh water. And mm. Yeah, like around Kayakura and just around, and just general, like whole South Island, um, I just was generally dealing with two or three meters viz on average days. Um, and I lived down there for six months uh, around Dunedin. So, um, yeah, I dive, I do a lot of shore dives in that area. And it is just notoriously um, pretty hazy area, even when it's clean. It's just hazy, but um, yeah, I don't. I would just say mainly just I got that's what I was kind of going towards earlier, where I was saying just get comfortable. Um, just tried to become comfortable in low vis, and also try to be an effective hunter at the same time. So, like target fish that would come in close, like butterfish or. Um, Blue Moki down there, and they come in pretty close. Um, not neither of those species are the brightest fish, so um, yeah, you can still get those in in pretty bad fish so down down south there. You're shooting dumb fish in dirty water, so basically you're getting really close to what is essentially an easy fish to shoot. Yeah, well, yeah, any identifiable like uh, I mean down there and on the South Island, I feel like there's really only a few species that you see, anyways, and if it's a big large larger shape it's probably a moki and if it's a little more cylindrical maybe a butterfish and yeah. um yeah and then on days where i couldn't see really um there just um go down and some of look, look in some of the terrain that like um you just expect to find crazy and if you could find the terrain maybe uh, get down to that and um stick your head in and 
yeah, if you can find the terrain, maybe there'll be some craze in there. So no, no shortage of bloody craze down there, is there? No, it's great. It's um, yeah, the south coast down down on the south is some of the most phenomenal. Um, I'd never had a crayfish before I went to New Zealand. I'd never had a, a cray, crayfish, you know, before starting spearing. So you were spoiled. I was just like, oh, I'm blown away. That bloody good eating too. What was your What was your best cray down there? Uh probably. So I walked to this spot in Fjordland. Um, it was pretty remote, like maybe 14 k's in, and like what one on one of the days where there was some biz, I was able to get out to a little bit further off the shelf and um yeah it's just crayfish basically ledges the whole shelf of the coast was full of crayfish ledges and yeah i'd say probably i didn't weigh them or anything but it was pretty big it was about the size of one of the fins and oh, uh, wow. the meat turn so yeah it was, it was a good size bloody horse mate yeah now those those special days of what you know sometimes keep you going when you dive in those um you know, persistently poor conditions and that. So I, I know exactly what you mean. You're laying in the bottom sometimes in a metre and a half of viz and holy shit, what was that? And by the time it's come and gone, you can't even get your gun up to shoot it. Um, so good on you. And I, I, you're a mad, passionate Spiro, uh, Malcolm, for st sticking with it in some of these situations, man. And uh, like I said, it's really good to oh, chat with you. you. Just going to ask you just quickly, um, what, who has been the more sort of um, valuable uh, host of the New Spiro podcast? Like, obviously. <laughs> now, now, Malcolm, now, let's not go on numbers here because I've had a bit of time off. Uh, had a little bit of podcast burnout. But, um, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. He, he, did, he did contribute one or two tips um, in the earlier sort of the noughts, I call them, like the very first episodes. Gosh, no, both of your tips are invaluable, and like uh, like I said before, You're I right. haven't had many resources getting into the sport, and um, no, nah, I really like, um, I feel like I've learned so much from you guys, and yeah, it's great to finally, finally chat, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get out for a dive one day, because I'm trying to, um, you know, get up residency here in Australia, so uh, And we love yeah. a fence sitter too, <laughs> Malcolm, which is great, very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll catch up, Malcolm. We we nearly got uh, together for a dive about uh, maybe a month and a half ago, so we'll see what happens in the future, man. But yeah. uh, thanks for making time for us oh, tonight. We, we'll we'll have to let you oh, go and wash your gear. <laughs> awesome, guys. Oh, I'm so I'm glad uh, glad to connect with you and uh, talk to you guys soon. All right, man. Catch see, you, Malcolm. See you, mate. Keep up the great work. Bye. E he was great. He sounded remarkably like Roman Castro. His accent's weird. Um, he's got a whole lot of things in there. Yeah, he's a cool dude. I've chatted with him heaps, um, so it's good. Nice. What have we got on Instagram? There looks like a few people there. They got yeah. some questions. Wait, we got that many. We got 14 people. Okay, there was a bit of chat about um, about your moustache. Um, What's wrong with it? Yeah, sorry, your beard. This sounds a nice beard. And, that, and uh, how do you get your mask to seal if you've got your beard on? But then with your beard... I don't have any dramas, eh? Like, mm. I always just, like, Trevor Kitchen, I think, said back in the day, just, he's got this face that's just like a, um, you just put on the cheapest mask you can find and it works. So I'm kind mm. of the same. And uh, I haven't had any dramas. I just get the generic mask that, like, four or five brands white label. I think they're normally, like, maybe 30 to $40. And they always do the job for me. They just take ages to kind of, treat well enough so that um they don't fog but that's the only drama i have is just fog what does it say it says on future episode can you do guys do your origin stories 
Ooh. Well, that's pretty good. I think we should do that. I'm, mine's pretty basic. Yeah, tell I, us. I started at the Umberto Pellizzari School for freediving <laughs> where I excelled. I got I full classically trained freediver and it yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah. I think shortly after training you, he more or less retired from competitive spearfishing because yeah, he was like, my work here is done like, yeah, it's, it's when the pupil hard. surpasses the master. Absolutely. No, what's your story? You're Because um, I feel if we're going to tell your story <laughs> okay, and we're going to yeah. do it uh, live, uh, I think you probably want to get that, whip that shirt off and show us that tattoo that's on your, I think it's on your left breast. That's no, on your right breast. You're a piece of shit. No, I can whip it off for the people. And uh, and because that gives a good backstory. No one, no one needs to know this. Why? <laughs> In case you don't know, Shrek's got a beautiful tattoo of dolphins uh, jumping over waves in a circular fashion. Celtic. Yeah, Celtic. Yeah, yeah that's it. And it represented you in your early days. You're a scuba diver, sort of finding a place in the world. Like, is this right? Pretty much. Um, look, we were all 18 months, <laughs> and uh, I don't regret it at all. <laughs> No regrets. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, No, it's a shit tattoo and all of my mates. Look, the people want it. Spear gun engineering, show us your tat. That's, that's, we know who that is. Come on, whip that out. Just maybe pull the shirt down. It's a new Spearo shirt. Don't rip it. No. Have a okay. go at this. Hang on, okay, hang, no, on no. hang on. No, it's not no, happening. It's on. not Come happening. On. It's Give not the happening. people what they want. Look, there's just a new Spearo <laughs> Just whip that down for the guys. All right. Have a look at that little ripper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not proud of it, but what do you do? Uh, shit. This episode is degrading. It is. Uh, well, well, I think we might call it a night on the old... We uh, might have to. In, ...on the Instagram. But, um... Before we head off, yeah. um, we're going to get into a longer chat with Yapa Bass. So he's got three articles that are well worth checking out at freediveyire.com. Uh, one's called CO2 Transport and CO2 Tolerance for Freedivers. Now, um, CO2 tolerance is a huge thing for you know increasing your, your bottom time, time down. Um, and he's looking at all of the physiological mechanisms of that and how to train them. And he's a real clever dude. He's got this real experimental mindset. So check that out, freediveyire.com. Um, details of CO2 transport mm. and CO2 tolerance. But Yarp's going to tell us all about it in just a second. Uh, he's also going to tell us about why lactate and lactate acid, ha what they have to do with freediving. And uh, we've got a cheeky remark. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Oh, I'm gonna go back through your comments, <laughs> I think. And then um, the last um, article he's gonna chat with is about what cardio can do for your freediving. And um, I started training about three or four months ago. Mm. Cardio has been huge. Like um, it, 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 it um, boosts your blood volume when you do steady state. Well, maybe not steady. You know, steady state cardio uh, prolongs like elevated heart rate. It boosts your blood volume, and it's been proven to clean your blood, which is huge for freedom. Um, we were laughing about this earlier, but like, there's some. It's interesting learning about some of these mechanisms. So oh, back in Italia with Umberto when I started, it's not nothing. Who's Umberto? Umberto. What did I call him that other episode? Oh, uh, fucking! You call him like Andre and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> the grandfather of freediving, Andre Pellizzari. No wonder he won't come on the show. Oh, we've never even reached out to him. Oh, he sent me a message and said, I'll <laughs> never come on your show. He's preemptive. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we should do some more like the the long-time famous legend type people. Mm. Um, maybe. He just said he was busy. 
Yeah. Um, all right. So what else does um, Yarp? Is that more saying? No, he's, he's gonna. We're, we're gonna chat yep, with him so. quickly about these three articles and some key takeaways, and, uh, and that'll wrap our episode up just nicely. Today I've got a sweet offer for you to go with this free episode of the New Spirit Podcast. I've got access to some free courses. How cool is that? Go to newspirit.com forward slash Ted. That's Ted Hardy from Immersion Freediving, a frequent guest on the New Spirit Podcast, has got several free courses available at newspirit.com forward slash Ted. Check it out, Freediving Safety. There's a full video course about how to avoid shallow water blackout, how to be a good buddy, all of the fundamentals of just being a good safe Spiro, and it's all free. Check it out, nospiro.com forward slash Ted. There's another one in there as well about how to take a 20 to 30% bigger breath, which will give you more fuel, more time on the bottom, and uh, make you a more effective Spiro. There's also a whole lot of other courses there as well. Check them out, get a 15% discount, nospiro.com forward slash Ted. And today we've got a bit of a special feature back from the world of freediving science. I'm rejoined by Dr. Yarpa Bass, who's uh, going to talk to us, talk us through three of the latest articles coming out of freedivewire.com. So g'day, Yarp. It's uh, awesome to have you with us again. Uh, let's let's get into three of these articles. Now, CO2 transport intolerance is uh, is your first big article coming out. There's a it's a thick article. There's a lot of a lot of good info in there, but uh, let's break it down. What is CO2, how is it produced, and how does it influence our freediving? Thanks, Shrek. It's a pleasure to be back. Um, so CO2, of course, is uh, a gas which is produced from aerobic metabolism in, in tissues and muscle cells, and um, it's generally known as one of the triggers for contractions. So in a past article, uh, I, can, I think we wrote it maybe a month ago or so, or two months ago. Uh, Luca, my partner in crime for Freedivewire, um, speculated on how uh, CO2 actually triggers contractions and which, which receptors in the body do that, which sensors. And so um, uh, he speculated that it's the central chemoreceptors, which, are, uh, which, which don't really occur or they're not connected to the bloodstream, they're connected to the cerebrospinal fluid. And so we started thinking, well, how then does the CO2 actually affect that? And uh, I went on this long, detailed search for how it, how it all works, and I don't want to spill the beans completely because I'll be talking for three hours, but uh, in the end, CO2 is transported in three different ways, and two of those ways uh, are very much controlled by the red blood cells. And so it appears that in order to become highly tolerant to CO2, we really benefit from a high level of uh, red blood cells and also from high blood volume. Uh, because CO2 in the end can bind directly to red blood cells and it's also converted to different compounds within red blood cells. And it is only the CO2 that is not um, bound or converted by red blood cells that can uh, trigger contractions in the end. So full details are in, in our one of our last articles called uh, details of co2 tolerance and transports for freediving why can freedivers tolerate more co2 well there's really two ways in which uh, freedivers um, can tolerate more co2 than others i mean elite freedivers uh, might take iron supplements and and train to have higher blood quality etc so more red blood cells that helps 
Uh, another big part of it is, of course, desensitization. And that is what we do with, uh, for example, CO2 tables, etc. You expose yourself to high CO2 for long enough, then you know, the sensors might sense the same levels, but won't be alarmed as fast, so it won't uh, trigger contractions quite as fast. So what's a practical takeaway from CO2, the CO2 Transport and Tolerance article, and where can people find the article in full? Well, the real takeaway from that article, I think, is that uh, in addition to the, the classic CO2 tolerance exercises we do, you really benefit from... Um, from things that increase your red blood cells and your blood volume as well. So whereas uh, traditionally, you, you know, we might uh, do that kind of training to uh, uh, to carry more oxygen down with us, it actually helps for the CO2 tolerance as well. And that's things like uh, cardio or hypoxic trainings, etc. Um, you can find the article on freedivewire.com and uh, your fastest way of getting there is just uh, by typing in CO2 in the, in the little search bar and the article should pop right up. So from your book, Longer and Deeper, I remember that uh, you break down a dive into phases and each phase of a dive involves different systems and therefore you know, we can train each, each of these phases um, according to where we're weakest, I guess. Um, which phase does lactate begin to affect us? So lactate is a bit of a funny one, and there's a lot of misconceptions about lactate and, uh, and, and, and lactic acid, but really um, lactate is, uh, is constantly f formed in muscle cells, but where it really starts to impact us is when our blood lactate increases. So when that lactate starts to move out of the muscle cells and into our bloodstream. And that um, is a marker of uh, highly anaerobic metabolism. So um, that, uh, that when you start feeling your leg burn on the way up and, uh, you know, when your muscles become tired and fatigued while you're, while you're underwater, that is uh, likely when blood lactate is high. Um, and it is uh, in, in sports in which you do breathe, normal sports, <laughs> if you want to call it that, uh, it is the mid-distance and long-distance sprinters that, have the, or that, that can cope with the highest levels of blood lactate. So I guess my big question is, how can we improve our freediving performance when lactate levels increase? And, you know, I'm distinctly familiar with uh, getting that big burn on the way back to surface from a long dive. Uh, is there anything we can do to train that mechanism so that we just deal with it better? Yeah, I think most of us, uh, unfortunately, are, are very well acquainted with that leg burn. Um, but really, there's two ways to approach lactate. Uh, the first one is to approach it as a one max diver so um, you know if you want to go for a record or a personal best you're going to push it a little bit uh, you're going you might be on the limit of what you can do that is when your dive is most likely to be highly anaerobic that is when you want to train with sprints um, and uh, uh, in order to you know really cope with high levels of blood lactate the uh, the sprints can be done both on the running track and in the pool. Of course, uh, there's ways to um, there's ways to design your your workout in whatever environment you're in. Uh, the other way to do it, uh, which I don't think most people are aware of, is with endurance training, and this is this is way more efficient for spearfishers that um, or or for the photographers underwater or just recreational divers. 
um, if you want to be able to do a lot of dives without having accumulated fatigue bother you, that is when you want to train uh, endurance training on the lactate threshold. Which So what endurance training can do for you if you train right is it'll allow your muscle cells to cope with higher levels of lactate in the cell without increasing blood lactate. So you'll be able to uh, work harder without having blood lactate increase. And uh, if you manage to do that right, and you said you already noticed some with your cardio that it's helped you, uh, that is part of what happens. So the last article we're going to talk about today, Yap, is what cardio can do for your freediving. Can you give us an idea of some of the core concepts and takeaways from this article? Sure thing. So both these articles will be available on freedivewire.com in uh, less than a few weeks. Um, what cardio can do for your freediving? Well, you know, most of the blood markers that increase with cardio are beneficial for freediving. So uh, what they are, uh, and I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to go quickly here, um, red blood cell count increases, blood volume increases, CO2 tolerance as a result increases, um, your myoglobin will increase, your muscle cells will be able to cope with more lactate before blood lactate increases. Uh, your recovery time decreases, so the leg burn won't come on as fast. Um, so really, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that will increase with cardio. And I think probably all freedivers are going to benefit from having some base level of cardio. The, the freedivers like you and me that like to do a lot of recurring dives in one session, we're going to benefit more than somebody that's trying to set um, records in, in, in the pool disciplines. Uh, but I think overall for 99% of the divers, the U's and the me's, if you will, cardio is going to be a huge benefit and you can read the details in the article later on. Hey, yep. Thanks for sharing those three articles. Uh, people can come and find you across the socials at freedivewire or of course, uh, at freedivewire.com. Uh, but any parting piece of wisdom or guidance for our, uh, audience of passionate Spiros? That might just be the hardest question you've asked me so far. I don't think there's any uh, magic pills for the cross-training for freediving. So, you know, the, in the end, uh, you have to go with what you find is fun. If you like your endurance training, which, uh, which, which I do, I, I really enjoy going for runs and I bike to work and all that stuff, then you should just do it. You know, you don't, don't uh, think, well, I'm, I'm getting a leg burn, so I'm going to sprint even though I hate it. Because you won't keep it up and it won't be fun. You know, exercise should be fun. Uh, so keep it that way. You know, the reason you spare a lot is because you're passionate about it, as you say. That's it, so we're done. We're done with episode 100, unless you're... Uh our, our, our team on Insta have got any more questions? Facebook. Yeah, has anyone got a, got a question for Shrek or myself before we go? Uh, Daniel Snowhiller on the New Spiro Facebook community, he says, really looking forward to this episode and I have a question for you guys. What would you, as very experienced pros, tell someone who is a medium experienced freediver and spearfisher and is used to Mediterranean waters but wants to visit Australia for the first time? What to look for when shore diving and what dangers are there in general? Thanks, guys. It's a good question. Um, so he's a Mediterranean diver, so one could assume he's pretty handy if he's shooting fish in the med. 
Yeah, you have to be a good free diver there. They're, they're stand out better than most of us. Yeah, right. So, he, so we're going to assume that he dives well, but he's used to nice clear water and, and let's say pretty flat. And not much current. Not much current. Mm. Okay, so... So you're coming to Australia. Um, the shore diving here is not great. Uh, there are some awesome opportunities that you do get, but... Um, just about all the way around the country, you're better off diving out of a boat and you can get out to the, some of the more untouched grounds and find the cleaner water where there's no river runoff and stuff like that. And that doesn't really matter whether you're on the west or the east coast. Or oh, Absolutely. Reach out, find someone with a boat that's going to take you out wide yeah. or just offshore a bit where you've got some good water. Mm. Um, otherwise, if you're going to go shore diving, unlike the med, you're going to have dirty water, current, swell, mm. the whole lot. Um, which you're probably not going to be used to. And you might love it, but if you don't, you, you want to get out a bit wider. I would strate strategically choose a couple of Spiros in each area I plan to visit, mm. and I would write them nice personal messages and uh, tell them that you would uh, be very happy to have the opportunity to go out and boat dive in that area. Could they help you or point you in the right direction? Um, or, you know, there's charters, um, particularly up north on some of the Great Barrier Reef. Um, the Norcat. Uh, Real Deep Charters is very highly recommended. There's big Cat a, Reality's doing big, a lot of stuff now. Okay, Big Cat Reality. I haven't heard any feedback on them. But, yeah, um, some of the guys love it, yeah. And the, the MV Booby Bird, some of the guys from down Sydney love diving off that boat. There's some really good charters here. Um, WA is just an unsport um, paradise and lots of it, but you've got to get quite remote to find some of the good spots. Um, but your freediving will be excellent here, Daniel. It's just getting used to diving in maybe poor visibility and dealing with current. Um, but, yeah, you'll love it because um, unlike the med, the fishery here is very well managed. And uh, so there's lots of opportunity to shoot great big fish. Very well. Very well managed. Well, it's a little bit piecemeal from state to state and there's some clear issues. But... <laughs> what you want to say is there's heaps of fish and if you can dive like you can in the Mediterranean with a few guys around you to, to uh, give a few tips on local fish, I think you do very well. I think if you're coming from the Mediterranean, I would want to go to North Queensland or Western Australia where I can shoot all those colourful fish and possibly get on to a few of the good pelagics like dolphin fish, mackerel, all that kind of stuff. Mm. That's what I'd do. If I was going to travel away from the Med, I'd go straight to North Queensland yeah. or WA. Yep, and if you're diving the tropical west or tropical east of Australia, um, you're looking at 50-plus species, uh, and there's some amazing fish to shoot. Mm. So that's a very long answer to a short question, Daniel, but um, thanks for reaching out, man. And our past guest, Sven, is on Instagram, and he just said, imagine all the snappy you'd get diving like a Mediterranean diver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can hold bottom time in, like, reasonable depth, uh, particularly do down south, yeah, I think you can definitely do it. Yeah. Absolutely. They're a cagey bloody fish, aren't they? Sven, how many snapper have you shot? You've been down in Melbourne now for for a while. You've been diving. He's been diving two years, eh? Yeah. What's your best snapper, Sven? Well, he can't actually talk back over. He can message. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got fingers. He says uh, he's... he's He's so interested. He was the last to comment, and he's found something more interesting to do. <laughs> he literally was on there for half a minute. Oh, good. Fair enough. All right. I reckon that's well, episode 100. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 100. So, guys, up. thanks for joining. Oh, here we go. No, we can't go on here. We're not enough. Heaps of uh, big boys at the moment. Only 52 centimetres. Well, that's still a good fish in my book. So. Yeah, that's, that's, a, yeah, that's a nice fish. Sven, you got on too late to the episode. We're shutting it down, mate. You, yeah. You forced us to shut this episode down. Yeah. So, um, 
Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us on episode 100. We didn't actually plan to do uh, the live Inst- stuff, the Instagram live, but I reckon we'll do it from now on because it's pretty good fun. Um, awesome, and uh, I guess we'll uh, catch you in episode 101. Yeah, thanks everyone for the questions. And, uh, you know, next time we do a listener episode, it's always great to get your voicemail and chat with people. So leave us your phone numbers and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, let's catch you in 101. <laughs> Excellent. Adreno Spearfishing are today's proud sponsor of the Noob Spiro podcast. They stock a huge range of equipment that you can find in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and now Perth. That's right, spearfishing.com.au have got a huge range of gear and encourage you to get along. Use the code Noob Spiro, N-O-O-B-S-P-E-A-R-O and save yourself $20 on every purchase over $200 when you shop online. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are trying to improve your spearfishing, then you're in the right place. This podcast and our spearfishing community has got one of the best places to learn. Come and join us at, on the Noob Spiro community on Facebook. And uh, you'll get access when you sign up to the Noob Spiro email newsletter. It's called The Floater at noobspiro.com. Just pump in your email, your email and join our community. You'll get the dive day checklist and 10 tips to become a better Spiro as well. And uh, as, as always, we, we would love a review wherever you listen to the show. If you put in a genuine review, it helps other people find the show. Tell your mates about it. Jump on their smartphone and even download a couple of episodes and tell them what a bloody podcast is. All right, guys, let's check you next week. Thanks for listening to today's Noob Spiro podcast. Shrek out.